case, because they might have been off doing something, or maybe they were singing New York, New York to themselves. They had, went to bed I last doubt night. they whatever, were singing that. Whatever it might have been. Tim Rosenthal, Bruins Daily, joins us now. And Tim, uh, opening night wasn't all that hot, Ooh. but uh, they've they've seemed to have rebounded here a little bit, no pun intended. Yeah, just a bit, I think. Uh, the competition against the uh, Capitals was obviously... Uh, top-notch on opening nine, and you saw the next night where they put up another sixth spot, I believe, against the uh, Penguins, but you know, facing uh, probably the two one, the two of the bomb-beating uh, teams in the um, Atlantic Division this year, although Buffalo will probably improve a little bit, but Ottawa, even though they had an impressive win over Toronto uh, a couple uh, nights before the um, home opener in uh, Boston, the Burns looked really well against them 30 seconds in, didn't take him too long, and it hasn't really taken Patrice Bergeron too long to um, get uh, reacquainted into the lineup, even without uh, the benefit of a preseason. I, mean, I still marvel at that. Here's a guy who rehabbed for most of training camp, joined the team in the last week of preseason, didn't play a preseason game, yet he picks up right where he left off. Just adding another chapter to the legend of Patrice Bergeron. Well, I remember the very first year when they said, well, it looks like this Bergeron kid's going to make the make the big club. And I'm thinking, who's this kid? Holy smokes, he's been. And we keep saying, my daughter and I get this joke going on. How old is he now? Because every time we say, he's been there forever. He's got to be like 35. We look and he go, oh, no, yeah, he's 29. You know, something. It's crazy. He's been there forever, and he's still just a kid. It seems like that way, doesn't it? I it mean, does. Remember what? Uh, 14, 15 years ago was um, his rookie season. I remember that commercial with um, Andrew Raycroft driving on yeah. the Zamboni That's on right. the uh, Zaken Bridge there. And kind of a little awkward, but it was an interesting commercial to say the least. Yeah, it was fun. Hey, Tim, talk about the defense. A lot of criticism, even though they've won uh, a couple games here, uh, of uh, are they in the right position? What's the what are the matchups going to be? Looks like Grizzlets back in there again. What are they going to do on defense? Uh, well, uh, first few games we've seen uh, <coughs> Charlie McAvoy's and Daniel Char as the top pair. That's not going to deviate, I think, um, this year at all, barring injury to any. Uh, uh, of course, uh, all throughout the line, barring injury, as I'm discussing here. Then you have John Moore, the um, free agent that they picked up uh, from New Jersey in the offseason, pairing with Carlo for, while uh, Tory Krug's out, and then Grizzlick uh, went back into the lineup. Um, he was he might have been the odd man out and had Tory Krug uh, not been re-injured again, and here he is um, reclaiming that uh, final defensive spot uh, with um, Kevin Miller, and we looked at Euro Bakken, and yeah, impressive training camp no doubt, but I think uh, some seasoning down Providence is only going to help them. But the defense as a whole is going to be a work in progress, even when Krug returns. He does bring a different dynamic, especially on that top power play unit. I think Grizzlick's looked pretty good in his uh, spot um, uh, quarterback in that top power play unit at the point so far. But defensively, I think it's a little bit of work in progress. They did look pretty good against Buffalo, I will say that. Yes, Yaroslav Halak was in goal, but and yes, he did record a shutout, but he made, they made their work, his work a little easier um, because there wasn't that many chances in the dirty areas. They were clearing pucks, and they were making sure Halak saw the puck uh, uh, very well. Uh, unlike Monday, where there uh, were a couple instances where they left 
uh, took out to dry a little bit. But at the same time, they did uh, play fairly well, I think, for a couple periods anyway. But that's going to be, I think, their work in progress this year, and they might need to upgrade again. Tim, I thought that, uh, well, two, two questions. I thought uh, it seems to me that uh, Halak is an upgrade over Hudobin. I, I, even though I like Anton, I, it seems like uh, this is a seasoned veteran who's been in the big games, and uh, I think that's a great addition. Yeah, I certainly think so as well. If, uh, that Buffalo game's any indicator. That's going to be their, um, one of their strengths again. It's backup goaltending. I did think Hudobin played fairly well into the second from the second half of his first year and his second tenure here until up until last year he did push Tuca a little bit in November of last year remember those uh, four starts um, four straight starts uh, from the beginning of that West Coast trip on through um, Thanksgiving weekend there and I I think if it wasn't for those starts we might be looking at a different Bruins team from last year, but sure. I think with Halak, he brings a little more consistency. Now, he was on the island last year, I think, um, but everyone, every goaltender who was on the island uh, with the Islanders was hung out to dry as well, and I think this is a much better situation for him this year, and, who can, and he can give you 25, 30, maybe even 35 starts, and that can only be a good thing for Tuka Rask as well, because you only want him starting 45 to 50 games, ideally, uh, before the playoffs. And um, last year, that number was down to 52. We saw 60 and, seven, 60 and 70 starts from Rask uh, probably for about two or three years, and he was well overworked, as we all know. Now, I don't think he's going to be overworked as much. I think that's only going to be a benefit him. It's going to benefit Halak. It's going to benefit the Bruins in the long run. Jim, how about... Uh Third line center and and second line right wing and they they use Donato on his off wing. I I think he's kind of a sniper, so I like him. But what what are the adjustments that they're going to make there? Can you tell? Uh, well, they tried David Backs at uh, third line center the other night. I think he did okay. That might be their best option for him right now. Maybe they um, move him back to wing if they uh, uh, try to add uh, center uh, third line center piece at the deadline. Up. Uh, solid bottom six board, and you see Ryan Donato on the um, second line right now uh, with uh, Krejci and Dabrowski, uh, as well as the top power play unit. I think his quick shot will ultimately benefit uh, that line, but they're, they're a little out of sync for the time being. I think, um, but that's going to be a line you watch uh, going forward, I think. I think that's going to be uh, the line that has to do something in the long run. We saw DeBrusque have his coming out party um, in Game 7 That's against true. the Leafs have fine playoff last year. I have fine regular season as well. Looking to build off that. Um, Krejci uh, he struggled a little bit after the injury. I don't think it was his best year per se, but um, I think um, I think with a couple playmakers, that has a little bit of a dynamic to what he's used to, especially when he's been skating with before that when he was skating with guys like Lucic and Nathan Horton and Jerome McGinley and even Rick Nash last year. He likes that power forward presence, but it's, I think now uh, you're look, he would be better off playing with two dynamic playmakers, uh, two young dynamic playmakers. So we'll see what happens there. Jim, how about young guys that you think may be the first call-ups when you when you look over somebody? Who are we looking at there? 
Well, the one of the names I mentioned earlier was Eurobakanen. Uh, he was um, one of the last uh, defensemen uh, that was uh, sent down to Providence uh, last week. Made it through training camp, accompanied the team on opening night. Um, he's a 19-year-old defenseman. He, the good thing about him is that when during his time in Finland, he skated against uh, older players, so he used to uh, playing against uh, at least some uh, pretty good pro competition over in Europe, but uh, he still has to get adjusted in North American game, and um, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, that's going to take him a little while. He also has to improve on his uh, shot and not be as passive in his decision making. I got reports down Providence that that was the um, that that was the case. That he was still a little more passive and uh, taking the open space offensively. He's projected to be a pretty good two-way defender, but he still has a lot of work to go uh, to go go to uh, fulfill that potential. But he's only 19. I think the upside's going to be very bright for him, especially from what I saw of him at training camp. We're talking with Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com. Bruins, in it. What, what's the week ahead kind of look like for the Bruins? Um, you know, it seems like the, the schedule's kind of spotty in October for, for different things, it seems. Yeah, and they always make up for it in March with that oh, yeah. schedule. Always, for some reason. But um, you got uh, Edmonton in town. Yeah, I think you got um, Detroit in town this week. And then they go off to uh, Western Canada for their three-game road trip. So, um before you know it, they're right back on the road again. It seems like this this is always the case in October and November, and maybe and especially in February when the um, when the ice show comes to town. But um, I uh, I think the China trip, if we want to go back to that, it did kind of bond the team. But I still think they need a little more bonding as well because. Um, uh, the, as we all know, the training camp roster was divided, where half the team went to China and the other half uh, went to Boston, uh, stayed in Boston. And there were some marquee names that stayed in Boston as well. So I think the um, maybe the opening trip helped a little bit in terms of bonding experience, but I think the next week, if you really want to consider that bonding experience to prove beneficial in the long run, you're looking at that Western Canada trip. Talking to Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com. Follow the Bruins at BruinsDaily.com or find them on Twitter, Bruins Daily. Tim, always good to talk to you. We will talk to you again next Wednesday. Yes, I think at this point next week, Craig Kimbrough won't be throwing wild pitches into the high <laughs> All right, well, he might be. We'll see. All right, we'll talk to you next well, week. He'd have to throw it from Houston. That yeah, would, yeah, that's right. He might be able to hit it from there. Never know. Yeah. All right, talk to you next week, Tim. That will, um, over the catcher's head, I think that will do then. <laughs> yeah, imagine, imagine Craig Kimbrell throwing to Gary Sanchez for a second and think of all the innocent people that would, you know, yeah. be injured. Sheesh. <laughs> See you later, man. Take care, Tim. All right, take care, guys. See ya. That's Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com here on the B-List Daily on the new 105.5 Sports across the NBR radio network live from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios.